Today on episode number 158 of the Teaching in Higher Ed podcast, Judy Chan joins me to talk about using Wikipedia in our teaching. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to this episode of Teaching in Higher Ed. This is the space where we explore the art and science of being more effective at facilitating learning. We also share ways to improve our personal productivity so we can have more peace in our lives and be even more present for our students. Today, I am welcoming to the show for the first time a food science expert. Judy Chan is both a food science expert and also works as an educational developer in the Center for Teaching and Learning at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. And I'd like to read for you a bit about her teaching philosophy as expressed in her teaching portfolio. She says, as a teacher, I want my students to learn content in its legitimate forms. I want my students to learn where to find legitimate content. I want my students to learn how to critically evaluate the legitimacy of available content. And I want my students to create relevant, authentic meaning from content and their experiences. Ultimately, I want my students to contribute to the discovery of new information. Judy Chan has a PhD. She is a lecturer in food, nutrition, and health, land, and food systems. And I'm so excited for you to get to hear this conversation that we had about using Wikipedia in our teaching because so much of her philosophy is embraced in her use of Wikipedia. And I'm excited to get to have you hear this conversation with Judy. Judy, welcome to Teaching in Higher Ed. It's my pleasure. I know that you first heard about teaching in higher ed from your colleague, Isabo, and I'm so pleased to have been introduced to you and to get to talk to you today about teaching with Wikipedia. Judy, let's start by going back to where some of the earliest memories you have of just using Wikipedia way, way, way before you even started teaching with it. You can find anything you want. You can find the answer you want, but your my professor told me not to use it as a primary resource. Yeah. And, but it's, it's a good source of information. <laughs> yeah. And that really is a contradiction, isn't it, Judy? We're told, don't use this. It's bad. It's full of lies. I mean, some people think, you know, it's, it's got all these wrong, this wrong information. But then so many times when we go to use it ourselves, it can be really helpful. I know for myself, I was taking a philosophy class in my doctoral program, and I had only taken philosophy when I was an undergrad, just one class, and it was philosophy of love. <laughs> so it was a little, bit, a little bit of a stretch. And reading some of these philosophers, I would find it very helpful to first look on Wikipedia to get a little bit of a background of who the philosopher was and some of their core beliefs and then to go do the assigned reading. Have there been particular areas that have helped you understand things better that you recall from using Wikipedia yourself? Yes, I do that. I, before I teach my lecture, I will also go into Wikipedia just to make sure some of the information that I'm going to teach will be at the same level as what the students 
it will be in the same scientific level that my student will understand. So I, I go in to take a quick look before I go into my lecture. And that's for my teaching. And my, for my personal life, when I'm sick, when my doctor prescribe me a medication, it's also a place that I go take a look. And tell me about the time then that things began to shift for you. You weren't just using it for personal reasons. You weren't just using it to help prepare for a lecture, but you started to uncover a little bit more of how we might incorporate Wikipedia into our teaching. Talk a little bit about that time. So that's, it's, it's a long time. It's, I, start, I, I wanted to do open education for a long time. Our, we are situated in Canada, so there is not a textbook that is, that is useful for us. I teach in food science, so it's a small discipline. And um, we have all our course content that is hidden behind a learning management system. And I always wanted to open the course content up. And in doing so, I put all my course content on, a, on our institute at UBC, on our UBC wiki. So all the course content has been open. And then a couple of years later, I thought my students are doing the team project. I, I, I love teamwork. I, my students also like teamwork now because I structure it in a way that that is very supportive for everyone. Anyway, so teamwork, and then they start putting, I asked them to put the term paper on the UBC Wiki. So then students can view each other's term paper. And the benefit really came when, when the students two, three years later can go back to look at all the term papers from, from students in the past. They, and then eventually, when I look at the term paper produced by my students, they are actually better than some of the Wikipedia article. Mm. Uh, the UBC Wiki is formatted in such a way that it's, it looks and feels like a Wikipedia article, the, the setup, up, the format um, that's, that's done on purpose. And when I look at them on my, I just want my students to put their work to show them to a more um, wider audience. When I've used wikis in my classes, it's been very minimal. And one of the occasions I've tried using a wiki would be to have students make a list of where their blogs are posted so that each other can look on this wiki and know where everybody's blogs are and then go subscribe to them. And it has been sometimes a little bit challenging for them to even envision collaborative writing like that. And what I've just described isn't really very, very collaborative at all. Have you found challenges when you first introduce your students to a wiki environment to this idea that it's editable and that more than one person can work on it? Or, or have things really changed, I guess, more because people are using more Google Docs and, and kind of more familiar with it? Do you have struggles or does it come pretty easy for your students? It, it, looking back, there was definitely a struggle and the struggle continues on, but I, I adapt a lot of open practice. For example, my mid-course evaluation is done on a Google Doc. So the students can go in and say what they like, like about my teaching, what they don't like about my teaching. So it's all very open. And in terms of wiki, I have smallest assignment 
that they start to contribute to, where I will set up some of the framework, the tables will be set up for them. I will have phrases like enter your thoughts here, um, show your evidence there. Like I, I give them very concrete structures on where they should, how they can contribute to the wiki. And then they, they, they suffer a little bit. I have, I have TAs, I have friends, my colleagues who also like to use Wiki, they are on hand. And a lot of students find it useful just knowing someone is there. They don't actually use the service as much as I envision. They, I guess they're just happy that someone will be there. And um, if they send an email to, to me or to my TAs, the TAs and or myself will help them do some tricks on the wiki pages. So I, I try to, I recognize it's difficult and I tell them that it's not easy. And, but and overall, over the years, it's actually getting easier and easier to use wiki and Wikipedia. I hear a few themes in what you're talking about, and I don't want people to miss it, Judy. So just to go backward a little bit, what you most yeah. recently stressed is so yeah. vital is just that our students know that we're here to support them. Or if we're right. not directly here, if it's a larger class, then that they're made more aware on a pretty regular basis of what other support is available. One of the things I've really been struck by is what the research says about some of our more at-risk students, such as our first-generation students, that they might be less likely to feel like it's appropriate for them to approach us to ask for help. So we have to be really purposeful in letting our students know when they're trying new things that we're here for them and that there's a whole team of people, if there is a team of people ready to help. The other thing that I'm sort of laughing at myself because I, I can say that what little success, actually what little experience I've had with wikis has been failure after failure. And as you're describing what you've done, Judy, is that you've set up more scaffolding for the wiki. You're not going to just do like what I did just use it once and then move on to some, I was using it so that then we could get them into blogging, but it's too confusing for them to start with that. And where do I click to edit? And what is this? And cause I'd have people that would erase the whole thing. They thought it was more like yes. a form. Oh, I'm going to erase the person's name. Who's above my name because this is like a form and that's not my name. So I'm going to erase her name. <laughs> and I would be like, Oh no. So what you're describing though, is that you had scaffolding that built up, they're using the wiki tools multiple times and it's threaded throughout your class. Because otherwise I would say in my experience, it's probably not worth it if it's not going to be pretty integrated into a course to, to try to introduce them to it. Because it does take a little bit of time, especially depending on what you're trying to do with it. What are some of the behind the scenes that we should know about if we were ever going to think about having our students work inside of Wikipedia? Because all we see is just the front end, what it's like as a user to search for items and to, to read them. But what is it like behind the scenes for someone to get set up as an editor or, or some other way of engaging with Wikipedia? So there are so many ways to use Wikipedia in, in a classroom. And 
And the easiest, the first thing you should do is contact Wikipedia Education Foundation. Mm. They also have a big team of people. Um, I don't know, it's not really big, but I feel that they are big because they, they've offered a lot of support to me. To be honest, too, at the beginning, I actually felt that it's a little overwhelming. I didn't know that they have so much support. Um, and I had the idea of doing this Wikipedia project for years now especially in the last couple of years because of my, I call it a success on UBC Wiki. And so I was doing my, my thing on during the Christmas break, getting ready for first week of class in the new year. And, and then I find out there's just so much good resources available, but I had to do it on my own. I had to screen them all, making sure that it's not overwhelming. I, cause I was overwhelmed. So mm-hmm. I don't want to overwhelm my student, but at the same time, offer them just enough to complete their assignment with SASET. So, so there's a lot of information out there. And Wikipedia Education Foundation would be a good starting point. Then as an instructor, I think going to hear more people about the experience and look at the case studies that's offered by Wikipedia Education Foundation. Just look at how people have assignment in the coursework because it could be very simple. People, some people would start with just go in and make some entry. Just go into some Wikipedia articles and add a citation. It's actually a very good starting point for the so, students to go in, look up some information that is relevant for the course and to question if the statement that is written on Wikipedia, is it even valid? Is it backed up by additional scientific research and and then just go there and pose a question as a viewer Mm. like is this where is the evidence and I mean that itself can be a Wikipedia um, assignment and when you say make an entry can you explain a little bit more what an entry is an entry is can be simple as simple as going into Wikipedia or any Wikipedia article and adding a comma, changing the spelling, and or adding the, the request of can you can someone please provide a citation? Those can be small entries. You a an instructor may want to ask the student to make five little changes, editorial changes or at five pictures or at two more bullet points and and that could be the the beginning of a wikipedia related assignment and when if you were going to give me an assignment judy i'm going to become your student (laughs) which i'm really going to be a slow student in food science since i've never taken a single class so (laughs) i'll be your perfect guinea pig what what do I need to do to make an entry or to add a citation or to add five pictures into a Wikipedia entry, or I guess uh, so Wikipedia? You, they're not. What is the, What is the whole article called? Are they articles? Yes. Okay. So the front page is the article. I will then. So if you are in my class, I I teach a face to face class. But if I teach it online, then I will make a small videos. And what I will show the students at the very top, near the top of the Wikipedia page, closer to the right hand side, just to the left of the search Wikipedia box, there are three tabs there: read, 
and most of us will be reading. Mm-hmm. That's the most common tab that 99.9% of us will be reading. And then next to the read tab, there is a real sources. Are you clicking, mommy? Is <laughs> everyone clicking? <laughs> I am. <laughs> yep. And and you click view source. I did. And yep. you can start making changes. <laughs> I am I am sort of embarrassed to say this, but I've said a lot of embarrassing things on the show before. I have never clicked on view source or view history before. And it's just oh. been there all along and I just never thought to click on it. And I right. see next to and article is also talk next to article over on the left. So this is this is where we can get a little look at what's happening behind the scenes without even having to create an account or log in. This is really interesting. And then you're saying that you would start to talk through some of your critiques of this bread article. Because as a, if I was a student yeah. and I'm just learning about food science, I'm probably not going to be very good at being critical of the article, right. but you can start to show me how I might put a lens as a food scientist on so I could view this article differently. Right. How do you tell your students why you're doing this? How do you introduce to them the importance of the assignment that you've given them for using Wikipedia in this different way? Because I have used UBC Wiki for a few years now, and like I said, I have some amazing articles that is already better than what is on Wikipedia. Um, so I can just show them. Look at this paper. Like, for example, my students, what they work on bread is way better than what we just saw two minutes ago. There's more scientific content. There's more explanation of the how the bubbly texture is created. And um, so it's quite easy to demonstrate that. Another very easy way to demonstrate is on a lot of the food article. And the two that came to my mind are smoked salmon and, and salami. Hmm. Most of the food article will have a little bit of the history, how they are used, where they come from, and how people consume them. But when you look deeper, there's no... There's no mention of the, the processing technique, the use of chemical, the safety level, the nutrient content, all of that is essential to my course. Mm. And it's so obvious. Information are missing. There's the, the, the first layer of information, where they come from, how the food is made at home, not at the manufacturing level. Like what is the science behind the food? Those information are not there. Until, like for example, when we go into salami and smoked salmon and all the things that is related to the manufacturing practice, my student contributed to it. I can say it with pride. Yeah, that's so great. And then if we were to go and look at the history, if we knew what your student's name was or if they used their real name, we would be able to yeah. tell who that was because it, it's got all the timestamps on it and what was changed. That's That must be really fun to go back and see that. And then the students must be able to take a lot of pride in it as well. Yes. So you're talking about the UBC wikis. Are these things that are still up now that we'll be able to link to so people can go see their own comparison of the kinds of articles that you have up and compare those to some of these Wikipedia ones? Yes. Oh, wonderful. So we'll yes. be putting those in the show notes. This is going to be for everyone listening. This will be teaching in higher ed.com slash one five eight. 
and we'll be linking to Judy's articles from her students and herself in uh, UBC Wiki, and then also to some of the ones that she's been describing in Wikipedia, which of course, I'm sure by the time this show airs, they'll be perfect. <laughs> no need for changes. I am kidding, of course. I'm curious, Judy, what I have been really intrigued. You talked about your interest in open educational resources. And I've been very intrigued by open textbooks. And right. some people have been using press books. Robin DeRosa, I believe is her last name. She's one who's written pretty extensively about her use of press books. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I, I always laugh <laughs> before I remember that her name is Robin DeRosa. I remember that her Twitter handle is actual ham. <laughs> Okay. H-A-M, which is just the, one of the most amusing Twitter handles I've heard of. But she's written a lot about using press books to do an open textbook with her students. And I'm curious if you have thought at all about doing that when, since you mentioned the difficulty in finding good food science textbooks, or if you find the wiki approach that you've been taking as somehow one that you would prefer versus doing something as formal as an open textbook. I'm happy with where I am using the UBC Wiki as a platform mm -hmm. to share the course content. Um, it's password protected. Only people at my institute with the password, that common password, can go in to edit the, the content. I am not the only instructor who teach this course. This is an introduction to food science course. There are, there are other instructors who are using the same content that we, we all teach the same content. So it's quite important for for us that nobody will go into the wiki and start messing around. So mm -hmm. we, we know what we are teaching. And, and once in a while, we will have a student to go in with good intention to change some of the information on, on our content page. It, it happened to me once, just right before the midterm, and one of the students studied the wrong information, um, but it becomes a good learning opportunity for all three of us, my, me, myself, the person who changed the content, and the person who got a bad mark because of the content. Of course, I did not penalize that student. Mm -hmm. um, the information is used by a field instructor. So keeping it in a safe environment is quite important to my situation. One of the real things I am appreciating about what you've been saying is that we shouldn't go chase after every new tool that we hear about. I've talked about on the show before having a someday maybe list and that every time I'll hear about something new, and by the way, Robin's posts about open textbooks fits in this category. I go, oh, that sounds like something that might be really fun to experiment with. It goes on that list. I can't go chase down every new tool that I hear about. So that's part of what I'm hearing is you being disciplined about using it throughout your course and not just scattering, you know, this this tool, this other tool, this tool, it's very integrated in your pedagogy. And then the other thing that I'm hearing you say, Judy, is that it's also you are thinking more holistically about what other faculty are going to use in your program and how central the wiki is to the program as a whole. And that is another thing that's so vital for us to be doing so that we can build more for our students that's more longitudinal. Because once I've learned this, 
then I can really settle in and start learning a little bit more deeply about your intended purposes, like learning more about food science, (laughs) but it's less about, you know, where do I click and where do I go to do this? But then I can really start to synthesize a little bit better as a learner. Before we go to the recommendations section, Judy, I would love if you could share about one or two mistakes that you feel like you've made in trying to utilize Wikipedia in your teaching that maybe those of us listening could avoid if we hear your advice. One mistake that was apparent just the, the two hours before the assignment was due is um, Wikipedia is very strict about copyrighted material. Mm. And so my when my students, because they work in a sandbox, Wikipedia provided us with some sandbox so my students can be drafting the, the content and collaborate together behind the scenes before they, they push the content out to the real article. And, but... But we didn't know that every single picture that we post on Wikipedia has to be our own work. I sort of knew, but I I forgot about that. I didn't tell the students. So some of my students would be emailing me the hours before and say, Julie, we cannot use the picture. We find the most amazing picture, but it's not. We, We didn't pay attention to copyright. And I think, again, this is just an amazing learning opportunity for them and for myself. Yeah, yeah, that sounds wonderful. I you had actually mentioned earlier, talking about the assignment to have students add five pictures. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, okay, so when we ask students to add pictures, we it often does uncover these questions about creative commons and what is, you know, fair use to use pictures and all that. And that I mean, that's a whole nother level of learning. But still important for our students to learn. So probably worth it for you to take the time to educate them about that. Because if they're going to be doing this in food science, and perhaps going into research or education, they're going to need to know about that as well. Absolutely. And Bonnie, can I go back to the earlier questions about why I use Wiki as yeah, a platform? Yeah. So I'm, I, yeah. So we talk about the instructor, my fellow colleagues, but also for our students, I think we are using so many different technologies now. Like every day, are taking five, four, five, six courses, and every one of us may be doing something fancy, new, and. I know as a fact at my institute, the UBC Wiki is quite, can be easily integrated into process, um, into our learning management system. So for our students, they may not notice this is a different tool. And so it gives them a, a more seamless environment from one course to another. That's another reason I haven't go to other type of open textbook system. That is so vital. And I have been guilty, Judy, of trying to use too many different systems. And it doesn't, it doesn't help them learn very well. And that so I thank you for encouraging us for that, that really, it gets too overwhelming for them. And then they stop learning the most important thing, which in your case, is going to be learning about food science. And it's too much about the how do I make this technology work? Right. But you know what, Wikipedia, everyone uses it almost every day. So maybe it's better for them to at least learn about those taps in the top, the, the, the talk taps and looking at this history. Just hopefully that will be benefic- beneficial to them in other discipline in their own area of interest too. 
Oh, that's fabulous. Well, this is the time in the show where we're going to go into the recommendations and I'm going to do a hodgepodge. So one recommendation I will have is just to recap what you already said, which is to go look at the Wikipedia Education Foundation and do a little, just a little navigating and seeing how you might be inspired by their case studies that you described. And I guess people could start like I did with actually clicking on edit and view history and the talk, the things that are at the top that I never thought to click on before and seeing a little bit of some of the behind the scenes that are in the various articles that are within your discipline. That would be fun. And on a completely different note, completely different note, (laughs) (laughs) has nothing to do with food science, but I can't wait if I can find some way to connect it. But I know on a prior episode when Stephen Brookfield was on the show, he recommended the television series Better Call Saul. And I'm pretty sure the last time that Stephen was on, it was season two. And now they have started season three. I think there have been, as of when we're recording this, five or six episodes, but by the time it's out, maybe more than that. This is an AMC show and it's a legal drama and it's a spinoff of some of the characters that were in the show Breaking Bad. Although it totally stands alone. You don't have to have watched Breaking Bad in order to get a great kick out of this legal drama. Better Call Saul. It is my recommendation just of some great acting, some great storytelling. And it's just entertainment. It's sort of fun to have something like this where we can be taken totally out of our own reality and enter someone else's world. I find it very relaxing at the end of a day just to sort of get captured up in another another world and it's better call Saul. And that's my recommendation. And Judy, I'm going to pass it over to you now to recommend whatever you would like. My recommendation is to play with kids. Just go find a whole bunch of kids in your labors and at school. And, and if you're a parent like me, play with the kids and not, not to discipline them, not to teach them, not to, not to show them the wonder of the world, but just play. Oh, what a wonderful recommendation. Well, I'm going to be doing a lot of that because it's summertime for me, so I'm not teaching and I'm going to be writing a book this summer, but I also have some days I'll be caring for our kids and I'm going to take your advice, Judy. Thank you so much. And thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, Bonnie. It's it's such a wonderful pleasure to, to talk about teaching. Thank you. Thanks once again to Judy Chan for being on today's show and for all of the passion that you have for teaching excellence. And now I want to go check out all the food-related Wikipedia pages. You're making me hungry in a good way and hungry to be a better teacher and hungry to use bad puns at the end of the episode. Thanks to all of you for listening. If we have yet to connect on Twitter, I would love to have the interaction that happens there. I'm at B-O-N-N-I, no E. 208. And someday I'm going to tell that 208 story. Maybe it'll be on the 208th episode. That's kind of a good idea. Thanks again for listening. And I'll see you next time on teaching in higher ed.